0: Calling all cars, attention all cars. Watch for all automobiles bearing Florida license plates. Have just received ship tip that the Dillinger gang had arrived in Tucson. Take no chances, boys. They are armed and dangerous. That's all. and gentlemen, the exacting and often hazardous duties of your police and firemen demand that the automotive equipment they use deliver sparkly, defendable performance. When life or death may be a matter of a split second, their gasoline must be good. Instant starting unlimited power, quick getaway night and day. That's why we are so proud to say that more police cars, ambulances, fire engines, and motorcycles in Southern California and Arizona are powered with Rio Grande quacks than all other brands combined. Remember, this gasoline is exactly the same as that which you can buy at any Rio Grande service station. Nothing is added. If you are now a user of Rio Grande quacks with tetra Apple, then you know what cracked performance means. If you are not, then try a tank for tomorrow and enjoy the smooth, effortless, 100% performance required by police and fire departments. Rio Grande Cracked with Tetraethyl costs you no more. Ladies and gentlemen, James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Good evening, friends. The members of your police department are second to none in the world in handling a revolver. They are trained to shoot with the maximum amount of accuracy because we want the world to know that Los Angeles is a hot spot for desperate criminals. Tonight, we bring you the story of John Dillinger, America's number one criminal, who roams at large in the Middle West. It is just such desperados as Dillinger that we are prepared to meet. I have selected this story because it illustrates a timely warning to the citizens of this country that they must have trained law enforcement officers, honest and fearless, and that they, the citizens, must support their police. I asked Chief Wallard of Tucson, Arizona, to come here as my guest because his work in capturing John Dillinger and his gang is an outstanding example of police diligence and alertness. Chief Wallard, will you address the radio listeners? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I feel highly honored that Chief Davis has selected, as one of his cases to be dramatized on this splendid program, the activities of the men of the Tucson Police Force in capturing the notorious Dillinger gang. And I also feel it an honor that Keith Davis has asked me to appear on this program with him. However, I'm acting only as a representative of those fine boys who work with me. Although I had my part in directing their activities, too much praise cannot be given to the intelligence and bravery of those police officers who did their duty unthinkingly when asked to track down the ruthless and lawless band of men we had to deal with. It is peace officers like these boys of mine and like these officers of Chief Davis that make Los Angeles and Tucson such pleasant places for you citizens to live in. I won't take any further time to tell you about the capture of the Villager mob. You're about to hear the story just as it occurred. As I know that you're eager you for the play to begin, I'll turn the microphone over to Frederick Lindley, who will carry on with the story. Thank you, Chief Waller. September 26, 1933. Under a hail of machine gun bullets, Charles Mickley, Jared Pierpont, and Russell Floss, accompanied by seven other convicts, Supposedly escaped from the Indiana State Penitentiary. As the ten desperate criminals disappear into the mists of early morning, all Indiana wakens to a reign of terror. Two days later in Lima, Ohio... Are you the sheriff? Yes. Yeah. You're holding John Dillinger here. Yes. Yeah. Well, we come to get him. Who are you? Officers from Michigan City, Indiana. He's wanted there. Uh, you'll have to show me your credentials. Here's our credentials. Oh. Terror spreads throughout the Middle West. Hysterical fear mounts. Not since the days when Jesse James rode the prairie. have respectable citizens lived in such mortal dread of a ruthless outlaw. Dillinger is loose. Indianapolis. $21,000 taken from the Massachusetts Avenue Bank. New Carlisle, Ohio. Standard, take $53,000. New Carlisle Bank is daring daylight robbery. Hell, Pennsylvania. Falling up a Harold Bank. Lost $24,000. Daleville, Indiana. holds up a loss of $3,500. Montpelier, Indiana. And hole from the Montpelier Bank. Racine, Wisconsin. Hold up the American Bank and Trust Company. Lost $27,000. Green Castle, Indiana. $74,000 bank robber. East Chicago. Hold up in the First National Bank. $20,000 stolen. One
1: policeman
0: murdered. Such is the list of crimes attributed to the Dillinger mob. Federal authorities combined forces with state and local peace officers. Roads are blocked. The militia is called out. Then, as suddenly as it began, the reign of terror ends. Peace once more is restored in the Middle West. The shattered nerves of farmer, merchant, and banker gradually return to normal. Dillinger seems to have disappeared from the face of the earth. A pale desert moon cast its transparent coverlet over the jagged crest of Mount Lemon. From a sandy wash, a coyote howls at the silence of a horror that broods above him, thrusting its spiny arms towards the star speckled velvet dome overhead. Across this scene of beautiful desolation comes a discordant note, a tiny A tinny, popular song, Played by a three-piece orchestra in a desert roadhouse. The place is a few miles from Tucson, Arizona. It is the night of January 24, 1934. Uh, uh, you know, well, this is the band sound. It's a friend, you know, to find a night spot like this out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I'll sure be glad to get into that sales meeting in LA. You know, i get the jitters out of this country. Why you liable to wake up any morning with a with a rattlesnake in bed with you? Oh, no, that's a lot of fun. Well, the rattlesnakes are sleeping in the winter. Winter? <laughs> How would a rattlesnake know this was winter? <laughs> <laughs> while it's 3 stiff dollars today while I was making my call. If this is winter, then L.A. is in the Arctic Circle. Well, you don't need to worry about the snakes, Harry. Just have another shot of this. Not a bad It's uh, not a bad idea, at all. Oh, well, it's a bigger and better sail. Yeah, at least better than last year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: pardon me, boys. Can I buy you a little drink? Why, sure. That's fine. do that one. Oh, give me another high ball, eh? What about you saying here? Oh, make my mistake. Hey, bartender. Yeah. Two high balls and one straight. That's yes, sir. Pardon me for butting in like this, but I'm a singer in town here and sound I'm all alone. I sort of wanted company, get Quite sure, that's all right. right. Well, I'm glad to have you. Thanks. <laughs> you look like a couple of all right mugs to me. Geez, what a crummy joint this is. <laughs> Look at that thing they call an orchestra. Why, if there's spots back in Shy, you can... You ever been in Shy? If I ever beat you Why, I've got one of the most... That's a great sound, Shy. But they really do sing. Salamine's got a sucking racket back there, and he's making a million. That's the sort of racket to be in. Something honest, where you scare the dough out of the suckers. I don't like bump-offs very much. He's bad wherever, I suppose. So, when you listen to that, he's trying to sell he's a tough guy. Uh, he's probably handling a line of kids' shoes at of busy app. Yeah. <laughs> What's the answer father that What's Well, it? what was that you were saying? My father and me would disagree that you're right. We don't care much to the bump-off job ourselves. Yeah? What's your racket? Uh, uh, my, uh, soup. Yeah? Sure, I'm a banker myself. Sure. Sure, I don't like to work with troops. Takes too much time to get into the safe, set the fuse. I just walk in and stick them up. It's quicker and cleaner. Unless you have to turn the heat on somebody. Yeah, that's right. But you know, you get more our way. Well, maybe. Let's have another drink. Sure. By the time the desert moon has set, the two salesmen and their new friend have exchanged many confidences. On the way into Tucson, Clark, the man who prefers picking up banks to blowing them up, discovers that they are all staying at the Congress Hotel. He invites the salesman to his room for a nightcap. Sure, things got a little hot back here, so I came out of here with a couple of pals until it cooled off. Uh, figuring on any stick out of here? No, are you? Maybe. Any damn cool to try it. Yeah, why? Say, are only two roads out of Arizona, and every end wood picker knows the country better than you do. You can never make a getaway. Uh, maybe you're right. Say, I, I got some new equipment here. like you like to see it? Sure Just a minute before I open up this. List. Say, well, you look at that. That's a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Here's a new super-caliber machine gun. It takes a thirty five point one. Gee, uh, that's, that's quite a weapon, isn't it? A weapon? <laughs> okay, it is. This baby's dynamite. Rip a hole in you, to another a truck. Yeah. yeah, well, uh, uh, I think we better be getting to bed. It's pretty late. Well, so hurry. Charlie will be here soon. Uh, who's, who's Charlie? He's my partner. You ought to see him handle a sort off shotgun. Yeah, no, thanks. I, I think we better get to bed. Uh, glad to meet you, pal. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll be an honor. Listen, that guy's a real thing. Uh, he ain't kidding me. You're telling me? <laughs> we better report him to the police. Well, let's not be in too big a hurry. After all, he hasn't done anything to us. Yeah, maybe he's some kind of a big gangster. The police are going Yeah, to maybe, on. but let's not be too hasty. We can talk about it tomorrow. All right, fellows. i <laughs> Early the following morning, while the guests in the hotel are still asleep, fire is discovered in the dining room, lurching upward from the heating plant in the basement. The telephone operator on duty calls the fire department. And then with heavy smoke swirling along her switchboard, she sticks to her post No! No! This is the operator downstairs!
1: The hotel's on fire! Get out at once! Yes, that's smokey smell. Hotels on fire. 2-16. <laughs> Hotels on fire, get out. Hello? Hello? There's no more out <laughs> Not all of them. The fire just, just got out. <laughs> I can't get anyone now. get outside, Mary.
0: I'll try to go to the building I'll get them. over the fire, all the guests are safely removed from the hotel. Every piece of fire equipment in Tucson responds to the call. And thousands of citizens on their way to work press against the hastily rigged guard ropes. Inside the line, and his partner, watch the building burn. <laughs> Those cumcaps out of that room. You're telling me? But how? If that ammunition ever starts popping, it's the payoff. Yeah. But if you think I'm going to pay you, screw it. Wait a minute. I got an idea. Are those bags all locked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get one of the firemen. Hey, buddy. I got a couple of bags up there in the room. I got to get out. They got valuable uh, papers in them. Well, I can't get them for you now. I got others. Wait a minute. That ladder over there is up against the window of my room. All you gotta do is go up there, get the stuff, and come down. There's ten bucks in it for you. Well, okay, I'll see what I can do. All right. All right. The firemen retrieved Bark and Makely's arsenal, and in the confusion of reclaiming possessions after the fire has been put out, the two bandits get some of the clothing of the salesman. Clark and leave rent a house on 2nd Avenue. And the salesman placed Clark there. After they have regained their property, Clark questions them. Say, hey, boys. It in my mind we had quite a little talk the other night before the fire. Why, why, yes. We had some drinks and talked a while. And what did I say? Oh, well, nothing much. We, we just talked. Well, listen, boys. Get this straight what I said. But whatever it is, it'll be healthier for you to forget it. Get me? Why? Why? You were. But there was nothing. Ah, don't tell me up on me. Just get this straight, please. I'm a winter visitor out here for a vacation and nothing more. Get it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the threat behind Clark's statement, the salesman reports the incident to patrolman Terry Leslie, who relays the information to the chief. Chief Wellard calls traffic Captain Jay Smith and Detective Dallas Ford into his office and explains the gift to them. From the description Leslie got, I think these men are members of that Dillinger bar. The description tells of the speculars he's out here from Indiana. Now here's the address. 927 North 2nd Avenue. I want you to stake out the joint. Don't go into the house. These men are heavily armed. Wait until they come out. And pick them up away from the house. And if you have to shoot, shoot to kill. The officers stake out the 2nd Avenue house. And after a little wait, Maitley leaves the house and drives downtown in a car bearing a Florida license. He is arrested with a companion who gives her name as Bernice Thompson as they are purchasing a radio. Indignant, Maitley is brought before the chief. Look here, Chief. This is an outrage. Here's my car. I'm J.C. Davis. I'm in business down in Florida. I came over here to your city to spend the winter. My first week in town, I've been picked up by your men. I demand that you release me at once. Well, I'm very sorry, Mister Davies. Possibly it's a case mistake, of mistaken identity. Well, indeed it is. Why, I, I have all sorts of identification. Well, naturally, Mister Davies, you won't object to having your fingerprints taken, so that we can clear up this unfortunate matter. That isn't necessary, Chief. If you'll just send one of your men over to my house, why, why I'll clear, I'll make my identity known in no time. Yes, but Mister Davies. If you plan to spend the winter with us here, and you resemble so closely the man we're looking for, your fingerprints would give you a clean bill of health, so to speak, and you wouldn't be annoyed anymore. It isn't necessary, Chief. I can identify myself. Well, now, Makeley, you won't have to try, because we're fingerprinting you right now. <laughs> J.C. J.B.'s fingerprints establish him beyond a shadow of a doubt as the wanted make me. Realizing now that he's on the trail of the Dillinger mob, Pete Wallace sends officers Ford, Norman, and Iron to watch for the other men in the 2nd street house. They wait for several hours, cross near the house, and no one appears. Say, hey, I'm getting tired of it waiting around. I got a there in there, and I'm going to find out for sure. Better go through, sir. These guys are no gas station bandits. They mean business. I got a plan I think will work. Look, I'm going to ask for A. Long. That's the name this other guy goes by. I'll tell him I'm a special delivery messenger. Now, you guys keep your eyes on me, and if I get in, you follow right after me. You're taking a big chance, Chuck. Yeah, I know it, Frank. But I don't hacker to sit out here all day doing nothing. Well, okay. We'll be right behind you. All right. Here goes. <coughs> What is it? Does Mr. A. Long live here? Yes. I've got a special delivery letter for him. Oh, well, give it to me. I'll do it. No, that. I have to deliver it to him in person. Well, you can't. Don't close that door on me. Say, get your foot out of that door. Open up. Come on, boys. Oh, boy. Move out to the ball. Keep the other guy down, I'll take care of him. Move out. Keep the door. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right, got it by the hammer. He can't use it. where the door? In. Oh! Oh, let's go! <laughs> I didn't know you were making such a big guy, did you, hopper. I'll finish you off as soon as I get over to that bed where I left the gas. Oh, he's here. I'm coming. Hi,
1: fella.
0: I guess that pistol weapon will keep him quiet for a while.
1: Oh, I'm
0: afraid not, lady. He's just sleeping for a while. But you nearly took my finger off when you slammed that door on
1: it. Why are we trying
0: to taken your head off? Well, that's no way to talk, sister, because it won't do a bit of good. You're coming along to the station house with us just the same. Dark, still unconscious, is taken to the police station where his bruises are dressed, and he is identified by Mark Robbins, identification expert of the Tucson Police Department. Dog in Clark is taken to his cell. Motorcycle patrolman Earl Nolan brings the chief a piece of information. What is it, Nolan? Say, hey, the car these guys drove had a Florida license plate, didn't it? That's right, it was a 1934 model. Oh, listen, chief, the other night I was talking to a guy who was driving a brand new sedan that had a Florida plate. Where was it? At a tourist camp on 6th Avenue. Well, get right out there, right away, and see if you can find it. Oh, Accompanied by officers Jay Smith, Frank Iman, and Kenneth Mullaney, no one races to the tourist camp just as the car bearing the Florida plate loaded with luggage is leaving the place.
1: The police car pulls up alongside of it.
0: All right, pull over, buddy. What's the trouble? With? Oh, no trouble. I'm sorry to have to bother you, but I'll have to ask you to come to the police station with me. But what for? I haven't done anything. Oh, I know you haven't, but, well, it's the chief's orders that all out-of-state licenses have to be checked. Oh, I see. She's pretty cranky mm-hmm. about it, so you better come along with me. Well, can't you get the place here? Oh, I'm sorry. The chief's orders to bring in all out-of-state cars. It's totally a formality. It won't take you ten minutes. Very well, then. Want to hop in the back and ride with me? Oh, all right, sure. <laughs> inspecting Pierpont, the third of the gang, allows himself to be led into Chief Waller's office. Just inside the door, he sees Clark and Maple Leaf luggage. Hi, cursing, look out. Please, you dirty double What are you, please? He's got a gun! I'm <laughs> coming over uh, here! Ponce. Yeah, he's got a gun all right, son. Huh? But I got a hammerlock on him, and it's pointing into his own ribs. Oh, first of the rest of you, yes, I'll you. Here's the other one, sir. Yes. all? No. yes, sir. Okay. Now, give me that gun. No! Oh. Don't have to break my race. Say, hey, look here, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, we've heard that already today. And I don't think there's much doubt about who you are, Pierpont. Okay. Oh, uh, say, your glasses on the floor. Oh, you can have them. What the hell good I do to me now? <laughs> Once more, Chief Waller faces the out on the 2nd Avenue house. This time, he sends officers Milo Walker, Mullaney, and Gene Heaven. They have orders to alert anyone who enters the place. Mullaney hides at one side of the house with a sawed-off shotgun. Walker, armed with a submachine machine gun, is behind two subs at the other side. Heron waits in a parked car some distance away. In the early evening, just as the dusk is deepening into night, a car pulls up across the street from the house. As the occupant of the car gets out, Heron follows him across the street. The detective is five steps behind Dillinger when the bandit stops in his tracks at the sight of blood which had fallen on the porch steps and carts was taken out. Heron steps up to him as Dillinger wheels around, hands in his coat pockets. Put your hands up, Dillinger. What is it a stick up? No, it's an arrest. Now put them up. I'm squeezing the trigger. And the rest? What for? What's the time? Judy, this injustice will be for the time being. Walker, Maloney, how did that girl in the car over there? No, you don't, Dillinger. Just feel that your ribs. Now, if you get fancy, I'll let you have it. Now, if you don't mind, I'll relieve you of your guns. Oh. Two of them, huh? One on each side. And now, if you lower your hand. All right, all right. Come on. I'll cut out the politeness. Put the bracelets on and let's get down to your lousy jail. I won't be there very long anyway, but there isn't a jail in this country strong enough to hold me. Overnight, the names of the brave officers of the Tucson Police Force are household words, the nation over. As the news of the capture of the Dillinger gang is flagged. To a relieved nation, secure their locks locked in the Pima County Jail. The four criminals threaten and snarl at their capture as Chief Willard and Sheriff Belton place an extra armed guard of twenty men around the courthouse. By rail and by plane, officials rushed to from Wisconsin and in Indiana. Each state eager to expedite the men for crimes in their territory. After days of legal complications. Willinger is driven away by plane to Crown Point, Indiana, to answer for the murder of the patrolman in the East Chicago holdup. A day later, the other three bandits leave by train for the east to face trial in Lima, Ohio, for the murder of Sheriff Farber. <sighs> is Swift. Harry Pierpont and Charles Makely have already received mandatory death sentences for the murder of Sheriff Starber and Clark is soon to be
1: tried.
0: But Dillinger has made good his vote. Equipped with a wooden revolver of his own fabrication, Dillinger a fortnight ago, bluffed his way out of the Lake County jail in Crown Point, Indiana. Once more the man hunts on. Once more the roads throughout the Middle West are blockaded by questioning officers. Once more, peaceable citizens chased with terror. Once more the crowd goes up. Dillinger is loose. once more loose, but he will not be at liberty long. Any man who elects to declare his own personal war against society has all society against him. There has never been a man since time began who could get away with that sort of attitude long. Billinger has asked for it, and the next time he runs up against a police officer, it may not be as humane a chap as Jimmy Heron. He may not get a chance to put his hands up. The officer may shoot first and talk afterwards, which in the case of men like Dillinger is the most efficient way to operate. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, real Grande cracked gasoline with tetraethyl is made by a modern, nuts of the minute refining method, the cracking process. That is where it gets its name. By subjecting the crude oil to terrific heat and pressure, the result is a gasoline that averages 10 points higher in natural anti-knock
1: than
0: gasoline which are not cracked. Also, tetraethyl lead has long been one of the many advantages of Rio Grande crack. We suggest that you give Rio Grande a test. Try one for. We believe... That once you have experienced the blinding performance of this great gasoline, you'll never again be satisfied with gasoline made by old-fashioned methods. You be the judge. Police department calling all cars, attention all cars. In reference to broadcast 17, three of the suspects referred to in this broadcast are now in custody, but Dillinger is loose. Watch your step, boys. That's all. bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.